on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hi there, Vladimir Putin is today a weakened leader. The Russian dictator has been in power for more than 20 years, but he's now facing his biggest test for all of the world to see. The US watching closely, so too is China. And right now, events are totally unpredictable. I'm Aaron Young, let's get started. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. So an attempted armed mutiny in Russia shows real cracks in President Vladimir Putin's authority. America's top diplomat, Antony Blinken, has told US media the rebellion by Yevgeny Prigozhin's Wagner fighters was a direct challenge to Mr. Putin, forcing him into an amnesty agreement, something that Putin on Saturday in his speech said he would not do. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken and members of the US Congress say the weekend turmoil in Russia has weakened Putin in ways that could aid Ukraine's counteroffensive against Russian forces within its territory while also benefiting Russia's neighbours from Poland to the Baltic states as well. But what does China make of this? What does the US make of this? Blinken says tensions that sparked the action had been actually growing for months and added the threat of internal turmoil could affect Moscow's military capabilities now in Ukraine. But Blinken describes the turmoil as an internal matter for Putin alone. Have a look. Uh, first of all, what we've seen is extraordinary, and I think you've seen cracks uh, emerge that, that weren't there before. Uh, first, in having uh, Prigozhin raise front and center, uh, questioning the very premises of the Russian aggression against Ukraine to begin with, uh, the, the, the argument that somehow Ukraine or NATO posed a threat to Russia, and a direct challenge to Putin himself. Uh, so think about it this way. Um, 16 months ago, uh, Russian forces were on the doorstep of, uh, of Kiev, Ukraine, thinking they were going to take the city in a matter of days, erase the country from the map. <laughs> now, uh, they had to be focused on defending Moscow, Russia's capital, against mercenaries of Putin's own making. Uh, so this raises lots of uh, profound questions that will be answered, I think, in the days and weeks. So an extraordinary situation. The current whereabouts of Prigozhin, a former Putin ally and loyalist, currently unknown. This is what we know about Moscow right now. He was last seen in public leaving Rostov of Don, one of the two southern cities where his fighters had taken control of military facilities. It's believed the Wagner fighters including Prigozhin, had actually made their way to within 200 to 300 kilometres of Moscow Central. Antony Blinken says it's too early to predict what impact the mutiny could have on the Kremlin or on Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, which was launched February last year. Blinken added that Prigozhin's direct challenge of Putin's authority is extraordinary, as Prigozhin has managed to raise questions about the motivations for Russia's invasion of Ukraine in the first place. And there would be many others in Russia thinking the same thing. He says the war has ultimately been a devastating strategic failure for Putin. Right, let's bring in Bruce Wolpe, senior fellow at the US Study Center. You've no doubt been watching this across the weekend. What's your thoughts? What did you think might happen on Saturday night? I think we have to go back a little bit and look at what happened over the past couple of months and then try and figure out where we are and where this is headed. I thought the attack by the drones on the Kremlin itself was really a earthquake of an event. And it just kind of, people just kind of ignored it afterwards. But I grew up in Washington, D.C. If drones had attacked the U.S. Capitol or the White House, the country would be in a paroxysm of anxiety for, that would last for months. So the drones attacked the Kremlin. I think that showed the rifts that were beginning to crack open around the Kremlin and around Putin. 
And, th and, uh, and then now with what uh, uh, Prashogan has done is uh, really a dramatic uh, move. And the second thing that was important is that the U.S. had intelligence on this. Just like it, during the early course of the war, U.S. intelligence was able to call out what Russia would do, and it did it. So it showed that the U.S. is really across this, and there were um, strong consultations uh, after the revolt uh, with all the allies. And so now the question is, where does this go from here? And Prigozhin, he's no General uh, George Marshall. He's no hero of the war. This is a man bathed in blood. This is the Hannibal Lecter of Russian commanders. And uh, where he goes, what happens, not, not sure. But Putin clearly is weaker than he was before this revolt started. Many believe that Prigozhin was going to take this fight to Moscow. In fact, the plane, the presidential plane, was spotted leaving Moscow on Saturday Australian time and heading to St. Petersburg in the belief that he and other business leaders and military leaders were actually fleeing. We haven't yet been able to hear from Putin himself uh, about this. What do you think he would be doing at the moment? Do you think he'd be trying to reassure essentially China and uh, the other countries around those Baltic states too uh, that support him, the ones that still do support him, that he is in power? I think he's trying to shore up his internal situation uh, rather than focus too much on the externals. Uh, with China, it's very clear. The U.S. drew a red line. Don't supply lethal military aid to Russia. And also learn lessons from what's happened to Ukraine as far as your designs on Taiwan are concerned. So I think both those two things are in place. As far as Putin is concerned, I mean, he's a brutal man, and I think he wants to show that revolt against his brutality doesn't pay. And I think he wants visible retribution of some sort so that people are afraid to take the revolt any further. Whether he, can, whether he will do that and whether it will have an effect remains to be seen. I was so surprised, I think many people were, at how easily this happened, at how easily the Russian military were essentially wiped out of the way by a mercenary force of thousands of people, obviously, but more people seemed to be joining. That was very much the momentum. The momentum felt like it was against Putin. While there has been a deal which has been brokered by Lukashenko, where does this leave Putin? Uh, again, it leaves Putin threatened, and also in Ukraine, just given the uh, strength of the Prozhogin forces, which you accurately represent, um, they are no longer directly engaged under his leadership in the fight for Ukraine. So the Russian troops, which um, are have been in disarray and which uh, Prozhogin's forces showed in stark contrast to them, uh, the Russian forces, this is an opportunity for Ukraine to really press militarily during this offensive uh, time of year. Uh, to make, make gains and put uh, Putin further on the defense. So we will see if that unfolds. Talk about the United States and all of this. We know that there was intelligence, as you've mentioned, we've heard Antony Blinken even speaking about the knowledge of what was going on as well. Was there anything that the US could have done to perhaps assist this or in this sort of situation, do they just stay out of it and wait for events to unfold? I th Biden uh, made a absolutely measured and considered decision not to be visible not to make any statements. There were no statements from the White House on this, except that Biden was consulting with allies. In order to show that the U.S. was not a participant in this exercise, and that's absolutely true, and to give Putin an excuse to say, well, you see, the United States is with uh, my enemies and uh, all hell can break loose. And that all hell breaking loose really comes down to is something we've discussed before, Aaron. When Putin is pressed, when his back is against the wall, what does he do? And he has nuclear weapons. And so the issue of the control of Russia's nuclear weapons as this revolt was unfolding was very much on the minds of the White House and the Pentagon.
He kept blaming the West throughout that piece that he released on Saturday where he addressed the nation of Russia, kept saying this is because of the West. But this is an internal matter. This was a civil war essentially that had been developing because the Wagner mercenary group, essentially an outsourced operation that Putin himself has relied upon in Crimea and most recently in Ukraine. It was the Wagner group, the only ones who've really been able to make any difference to the war in Ukraine and also, as I mentioned, Crimea as well. Putin doesn't seem to have that leadership anymore. He's now in a situation where he just has his military commanders. And as you and I know, since the war began last year, when you rely on the Russian military to get things done, things don't seem to get done. That's right. And so he's playing and he's playing on historical mythology. He goes back to 1917. He goes back to the 1905 revolution and each, uh, both of which you know, that failed uh, in order to shore up uh, the, uh, the Russia's uh, spiritual strength uh, as it faces these challenges. And the great unknown really is how much is this seeping down to uh, the Russian population, certainly in Moscow, other places? And has has their mood shifted decisively? Not that uh, Putin relies on it. He he has you know the force of power to en enforce his position. But uh, we don't know the sense of decay inside Russia as they see this unfold as well. Yeah, absolutely. We know the Russians very much like a strong leader. Uh, the question yes. is, do they still see Putin as being strong through all this? We're speaking with Bruce Wolpe from the US Study Center. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the issues involving the US government and the president of the United States. I'm Aaron Young. Do stay with us.